What's up, you guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Height Vision Hoops podcast. It is me, your host, CRS, and I'm really excited about the end of the NBA Finals. The Lakers win this one in six, topping the Miami Heat after some heroic and Herculean efforts from Jimmy Butler to get at least two games in this series, forcing the Lakers to six. Because let's be real, we all thought it was going to be over in four or five watching those first two games of the finals the Lakers just looked too dominant but Miami was able to keep their composure make adjustments and be able to win some games this series also coming up we have Ty Lue who just got his job as a head coach for the LA Clippers he was an assistant there and now he's taking over the helms what that means for the Clippers what the pressure for Ty Lue is like and how he's in my opinion the best fit for this Clipper team We also want to take a look at what's going on with free agency when it comes to the L.A. Lakers, especially the team winning the championship. They're going to be the defending champs for a year, and we want to know what this roster is going to look like, how it's going to shape up. You have some guys opting out, and we'll get more into that later. Also, we're going to take a quick look at the Clippers roster as well after talking about Ty Lue as the new coach, seeing what adjustments they can make and what they need to do to better this team. But first, let's get into this NBA Finals talk, Game 6, LA Lakers, Miami Heat. What this means for LeBron's legacy. I just want to start off by saying this was one of the greatest NBA Finals series we've seen. Probably, I would say it's underrated. I know, I know, a lot of people probably don't think the same. A lot of us really didn't want to be interested in watching this NBA Finals series. The Miami Heat and the Lakers just didn't seem like there was too much there in terms of competition after the first two games. Look, that first game, the Lakers and the, the you know the Lakers are playing and they're not coming out as strong as they would have wanted to in that game one. All of a sudden, you turn the TV off maybe for 20 minutes, you put it back on, the Lakers were leading by like 25 points. It was insane. Taking that 2-0 lead in game two uh, just seemed to put this you know, over the hump and was like, listen, the Lakers are going to win this. They're up 2-0. They look too dominant. They're too big. They're too strong. They have too much talent for the Miami Heat. And props, I want to give props to Jimmy Butler here, man. We we didn't think this was going to be a series. We felt like it was just going to be four games or five games max. And that was at least after watching game two because a lot of us may have chose Miami in seven, the Lakers in six, the Lakers in seven. But watching those first two games, a lot of us were starting to change our predictions. We said, maybe, the, you know, this might just go four games. This might go five games. The Miami Heat need to pray. They need to pray. They need to do this. They can't beat the Lakers. And while it was true, while they couldn't ultimately beat the Lakers, they were able to beat them in two out of, four, two out of six games in this series. And it was, just something worth, it was just something worth watching. Looking at those performances by Jimmy Butler. In game three, he came out played amazing there's no other way to describe it the man just looked like superman out there and in game five same thing but this time around he had some great assistance by duncan robinson man was just hitting threes left and right there was no other way to describe that either duncan robinson was just on fire in that in in that game and giving that little assistance to jimmy butler helped put them over the hump because i think the lakers would have easily taken game five had it not been for the the contributions 
of Duncan Robinson, their specialist who was supposed to give these kinds of contributions throughout the finals. Didn't happen in every game, especially the first couple of games. But give it up. You know, we got to give props to Miami here. We got to give it up to them, and especially Coach Spoel, uh making those adjustments, being able to understand that you have to attack the Lakers in a different way. Because like, 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 you know, like I've been thinking about Jimmy Butler, the way he came into these games, game, especially game three and game five, when he would talk about throughout the playoffs, look, I'm going to be the guy that will save my energy and reserve myself for the end of the game, which wasn't bad. This, is, this, this really isn't too bad. But he says, I'm going to reserve myself. I'm going to let my teammates do their work, get them into their rhythm, and they're going to be the ones doing the majority of the, the, the scoring or playmaking or whatever it may be. And by the time the fourth quarter comes, Jimmy Butler used to turn it up in the fourth quarter. Throughout the playoffs, we used to see him play a lot better when the fourth quarter came. And that was what that was his that was what he was doing. That was his MO. You know what I mean? That was what Jimmy Butler was getting accustomed to doing. So I think those first two losses in the finals, I think that may have contributed to that. I don't think he could have been the same. I don't think he could have taken those same steps when approaching this Laker team. The finals, the biggest stage, you know what I'm saying? You're playing the biggest on the biggest stage against probably the biggest player in terms of popularity in the NBA. And you're playing the biggest franchise almost. You're arguably the bit, the best franchise in the entire NBA, the LA Lakers. And that's best franchise historical wise is what I mean by that. So definitely something you got to change up if you're Jimmy Butler in the finals. But I still got to give props to him because he was able to do that. He came out and he balled during this series. I mean, he averaged 29, 8, and 10. And that's just, that's over... That's having a couple of games there where he was able to put up triple doubles and just knock the win out of the Lakers. There was no answer for him. Game three, clutch moments, he was just knocking down shots. Every time they came down the floor, Jimmy Butler had the ball in his hands and the Lakers just seemed to have no answer. So, let's, you know, like I said, props to Jimmy Butler, props to this Miami Heat team, Coach Spo, UD. You know, Miami Heat culture right there. You saw him on the sidelines, you know, speaking some heart and yelling it out to his teammates there in the huddle when they were losing. So looking at this Miami Heat team, man, this 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 run is special. Beating the Bucks. You know, moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals and and and, and beating the Celtics there, moving on to the NBA Finals to face the bigger giant in LA with LeBron and AD. And there's no knock on this. We want to talk about finals losses. We want to talk about all that stuff when it comes to LeBron. But to be real, this this loss by the Miami Heat, you know, it's plagued by the Goran Dragic injury, Bam Adebayo's injury. And some some may believe that if those guys didn't go down, the Miami Heat would have had a way better shot and possibly would have even won this series. And there's some people who believe that. I don't think that's true. I'm not putting it out there. You don't hold me on the record for that. <laughs> but I think had these guys been healthy, we probably would have seen seven-game series. Who knows what it may have been. This Game 6 victory was a blowout, however. So I don't think that even with those guys, the Miami Heat would have won or even forced a Game 7, in my opinion. But definitely props to this Miami team. A hell of a run that they had. This is definitely something you got to remember, and hopefully that brings in some free agent, uh, free agent interest, 
for this uh, this upcoming off season. Looking at Miami, you have a lot of good players on that team. You play real good team ball, and it took them star performances in the finals to win those games. But they didn't really need they. This team didn't need that throughout the playoffs, and obviously they didn't need it through the regular season. They didn't have the best record. They were a fifth seed in the in the in the in the East. Excuse me, and nobody would have expected them to make it to the finals, but they did. They're the underdogs. They're those kind of guys. They're the team that we expected the Clippers to be. And the Clippers had two stars. That was the difference. Miami was able to make it to the finals. And they had just their guy and Jimmy Butler and a rising star in Bam Adebayo. And so many other good pieces. Goran Dragic, not necessarily your superstar, but a great player. who would play toe-to-toe with maybe some of your superstars on any given night. Leading scorer for the Miami Heat. These guys were dogs. Like Kendrick Perkins says, I always like to bring up them goons from Miami because that's what it's like so definitely interesting to see what's going on for the fritz for the the free agency market when it comes to Miami you see if some teams are interested in coming to and going to Miami playing with that team playing for Spo, playing alongside Jimmy Butler Bam Adebayo and more looking at the Lakers they were going to just win this series to me no matter what regardless of injury or not and you know, we want to take a look at the third best player in this series. We'll get to LeBron. We'll get to AD. But looking at the third best player in this series, and I and I and I had a lot of thought about this. Do you think if it was Rondo or if it was KCP? And I put those two guys specifically because when I looked at the way that this team was playing, a lot of it was through LeBron. A lot of it was through AD. But there was just some lead leaders on the court for the Lakers, and that was LeBron and Rondo, in my opinion. And Rondo coming off the bench, he making some shots that he made. You know, he made this free throw line jumper that helped the Lakers get out of the the, the hump that they were in, and that was the turnaround point for them at points because getting that guy off the bench, getting your leader, getting the guy who's going to give you the energy. Is definitely something that will translate to the rest of the team. And Rondo was able to do that. And I really want to give it up for KCP too. I think there were some games throughout the series where he didn't play well. But most of the time I felt like you could have depended on KCP. He threw up some of them three-point shots. And you was thinking he's going to make this. He's going to make this. And it would go in. Especially when they needed him to. When the, when the Lakers needed to take that 3-1 lead. He was the one to help get them over that hump. He was the one to do that for them. And LeBron driving down, passing it to KCP in the corner, hitting that three-point shot. That was a great turning point. Comes down on the other end, plays defense, comes back around to the offensive side of the ball, takes it from the three-point line, takes Duncan Robinson off his feet, drives in and gets that layup. And that was just something special to watch. And KCP was definitely something uh, for this Laker team that they need to remember. Definitely... uh, uh, a huge impact and without him you'd be questioning if the Lakers would have been able to even win that game they probably would have been two the two if it wasn't for KCP and that changes everything that's where that's what we talk about when it comes to greatness and clutch performers KCP was that guy but I do think Rondo overall what he did throughout this series and how he took his he took his foot and stomped it down in game six and said this is me this is Rondo you know, he channeled his younger self. It looked like Boston Rondo out there for a few. He just looked like he was unstoppable making layups here and there. 
19 points he had in this game, and that's exactly what the Lakers needed. Rondo was what we thought Kuzma was going to be for this team. That's who we thought Kuzma was going to be, that third best guy. What is Kuzma going to do? Is he going to play well? Is he going to be the guy? Because throughout the year, we said who they got, LeBron, AD. Who's next? Danny Green ain't really going to be that third best player. You have Rondo. Rondo's older. A lot of people thought he was washed. Dwight Howard, they thought he was washed. He's off the bench. It's not going to be JaVale McGee. Who's the next guy? Is it going to be Kuzma? That's what everybody expected. And I will give props to Kuzma for the way he played throughout the playoffs, especially in the bubble. Came in, and you've seen a lot of improvements in his defense and his three-point shooting. He just looked a lot more consistent and confident out there. Obviously, in the finals, you could say otherwise. But he's still a young cat. And I do think that if they can still work with him and find a way to implement him in the offense better, have him come off the ball, make plays, have him dribble and come up with it. If he can make plays himself and come up with it, bring the ball up the court, find some guys, pass it out, pass it inside, I think Kuzma could be a great great player for this team coming up in the future, near future at least. And they want you could say that they gave him his chance, this and that. But I do think the guy having a guy like Kuz, if he can continue to develop, that's definitely something good for this team. LeBron wins his fourth Finals MVP, his fourth NBA championship, and he averaged 30 points, 12 rebounds, 9 assists, shot 59% from the field. And just to compare this, 2016 LeBron against the Golden State Warriors when he won that series, along with Kyrie Love and the rest of them and the rest of them guys from Cleveland. He averaged 30, 11, 9, and shot 49% from the field. Let me reiterate that. 2020, LeBron averages 30 points in the finals. 2016, he averaged 30 points in the finals. In 2020, he averaged 12 rebounds and 9 assists in the finals as well. And in 2016, he averaged 11 and 9. He shot 49% from the field in 2016. Shot 59% from the field in 2020. This is just one of the more deserving finals MVPs. I don't think it should have been unanimous. I think AD should have at least got maybe one vote because he plays some great games. And obviously, if AD is off, the Lakers may not really be as dangerous as they seem all the time. But looking at LeBron, I don't think anybody deserves this win more than him. Uh, You know, say what you want about the man. Be a fan of him or not, but looking at those last couple of finals that he's been to, obviously he was just he was just overmatched in 2017, 2018. You know, talking about 2015 as well. Those all those losses in the finals. You know, we talk about three and six all the time. Now it's four and six, six finals losses. Blah blah blah. Yes, but when when the teams were even, LeBron has just three losses in the NBA finals. <laughs> And listen, it's funny. He has six. It is what it is. You're not going to take those losses away. But let's just be real here. Nobody was going to beat those Golden State Warriors teams when it came to adding Kevin Durant to the roster. I mean, there was nobody that was going to stop that team. The closest team was the Houston Rockets in 2018. But those guys couldn't even pull it off with a 3-2 lead. So it just goes to show you that, listen... The Lakers winning this, man, having LeBron as the finals MVP at age 35, his 17th year. He has the most minutes piled up in NBA history, and he still has multiple years left as a good or a great player. 
They want to talk about LeBron versus MJ. Who's better? Who's the GOAT? These Both of those guys are on the Mount Rushmore of NBA basketball of all time. I'll put LeBron top three. That's what I, That's where I see him. I don't think he's taking Michael Jordan as the GOAT just yet. And I think if he gets five, if he has more than five, then you can start to say there's something there to really speak about, even with the six finals losses, because this man has done it all. He's been so great at everything for a long period of time, and the longevity factor is just so important when thinking about LeBron James. I'll keep Michael Jordan as number one all time. I think if LeBron can secure a fit championship, you can start to see a difference in that GOAT debate. It's easier to talk about reaching Mike when you have five rather than four. But at the end of the day, all these four rings that this man, uh, LeBron, has earned on all his different teams, you've seen him you know, grow from that, Mi- that Cleveland LeBron to that Miami LeBron to the return to Cleveland now being who he is now in L.A., being more of a point guard, taking up that role, more of that Magic Johnson kind of player. And I think that's who we have to compare him to more often. Michael Jordan was like Kobe. Kobe Brown was like Michael Jordan. He had that same kind of style. LeBron didn't have that kind of Michael Jordan style. LeBron is more of a Magic Johnson kind of guy or Oscar Robinson doing those other things for your team. Matt Michael was just a scoring machine who was good at everything else as well. LeBron is not a scoring machine. LeBron is just good at everything else. And he's one of the best scorers in NBA history. He's up there with the greats. And he's probably going to reach Kareem for number one spot all time in scoring by the end of his career. So looking at these two guys, man, it's different eras. There's so much to talk about. There's never going to be a definitive answer because it's essentially opinion-based. But for real, we look at the general... Um, perception and Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is number one. Uh, Michael Jordan is number one in my opinion as well. And like I said, man, LeBron did everything so well that he could in his career. And like he said up there uh, after winning the championship, you know, Lakers, the the, the organization wants their respect with Rob Palenka, etc. And I want my damn respect too. Quoting LeBron there. And listen, he needs his respect. A lot of people respect him, but also a lot of people slander him. A lot of these analysts slander him. You've seen Maurice Spates on, on Twitter hating for some reason. Last time I checked, he lost against LeBron in the 2016 Finals. I don't know what Maurice Spates is talking about. No one has talked about this guy in a couple years. I don't even know where he plays right now. So just being straight up with that, that's what LeBron means by wanting his respect. It is what it is. He played well. He did what he had to do, and he came through for this Lakers team. Much respect to that man. Much respect to the GOAT, Michael Jordan. Let's just appreciate their greatness and continue to fuel this debate because everyone loves talking about it. (laughs) But moving on, looking at the LA Lakers roster, they have a lot of guys that could be moved and a lot of guys who could be opting out of their contracts. Rondo has decided to opt out of his contract. KCP has decided to opt out of his contract. You have other guys like Dwight Howard who are gaining interest from the Warriors uh, and possibly some other teams. Kyle Kuzma who's drawing some interest from the other teams, especially the Atlanta Hawks and more. What I think the Lakers need to do here, first of all, let's take this step by step. I would keep Rondo. And I think he's planning to stay there as well. I believe he's opting out so he can get a better contract. 
He can get more money than he's making now. He's only making that minimum. And I know he believes that he's worth more than what he's getting right now. And it's true. He proved it. And this is an opportunity for him to make more of a bag than the minimum that he was getting this year. KCP as well. I think KCP is definitely going to stay with this Laker team. Um, if he doesn't, you have some other guys that are interested in him. He played well in this series. And I, and I do truly believe they're going to want to run it back as well. So uh, KCP, Rondo, not for sure locks. Uh, we don't know. We'll see how time rolls on with that. But if I had to lean towards something, I'm going to say these guys are going to stay with their team. Dwight Howard as well. I think Dwight Howard, uh, you know, he knows he found a great place in L.A. A team like the Golden State Warriors, if they want to pick him up, a guy, you know, they, they're going to need him, uh, you know, if they want to really be good next year because we know that they can be good. But if they add that inside presence that they normally really didn't have for some time there, I think they can be they, they can be something to watch out for, obviously. The Warriors are a great team. They made it to the finals without Kevin Durant years ago and you know you still have Steph at the helm you have Clay you have Dre and then you have all those guys around them so they're going to need to focus on building up that team around them Dwight Howard being one of their targets and I think the Lakers need to heavily keep Howard on their roster you don't want to give him up to the Golden State Warriors the Golden State Warriors may be standing in their way next year they may be the team that's going to come and challenge the, the, the LA Lakers uh, in the playoffs, we don't know. We don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see if they uh, match up or what it is. But you still don't want to give it up to a contender like that. So if I'm the Lakers, I'm I'm gonna aim to keep Dwight Howard. I'm gonna aim to keep Rondo. I'm gonna aim to keep KCP. Danny Green's contract may need to be worked around or restructured. Um, he's getting a lot. You know, I, I believe he's getting 14, 15 million a year. And, you know, he doesn't seem to play up to that standard for this team. He didn't really come through like they needed him to. Had he been the same Danny Green that we've seen in the past, I think this Laker team would have swept through the entire NBA playoffs. Let's be real. They lost one game each. And if they had a sharpshooter like Danny Green able to make shots where the defenses would have to collapse onto him, it would have changed a lot. That floor spacing is definitely something that the Lakers were good at and you still had... That floor spacing with Danny Green, but like I said, there's that play at the end of the at the end of game uh, five in the NBA Finals, where LeBron passes out to Green and he misses that shot. If he makes that shot, that's it. It's over. Game five. The Lakers were gonna win that game. They would have won this championship in five games, and it would have been much easier for them. Instead, they had to come out game six, prepare, do all that extra work, and who knows how that can bite you uh, at the end of the road. It was just the Miami Heat, you know, winning that second game after being down 3-1 in that situation. But you don't want to have plays like that in the future because that can detriment your team, whether you're talking about uh, a close game seven in the finals or a close game seven or a really important game five or game six. And that's just something that's really important. And, we, you know, we can't forget that. So we want to keep a guy like Danny Green on a lower contract and if you keep him if you want to bring him back he has good chemistry with you guys i'm sure he'll keep working throughout the summer or aka the off season but his contract shouldn't be so high other guys that i'm looking at you know i think if the lakers can go on to get a guy like drew holiday from the pelicans that would be a really important piece a really 
um, good addition for this team. He plays great defense. You can fit him into a, a, a lineup. He's familiar with Rondo, and he's familiar with Anthony Davis. And putting him with a guy like LeBron James, oh, man, that's just that's something that you would love to see. He's a great, exciting player who's, you know, underrated for the most part. You know, out there in New Orleans playing, you know, you know the way he plays, playing real good. You put him in L.A., he's going to get that Showtime magic right there. He's going to be on the on the, on the big screens. Everyone's going to be talking about Drew Holiday because he could ball. And they're going to say this was a great addition for the Lakers if they can get him. Other guys, I'm looking at the Marcus Cousins, see if they bring him back. I wonder how his health's going to work out. I know that they're definitely keeping an eye on him. JaVale McGee played great for this team. Obviously didn't see many minutes in the finals or against the Rockets and the Nuggets. But when it comes to the regular season and having a guy who can defend the rim and is athletic, I think JaVale McGee is great. He fits their offense well. He catches lobs. He gets those offensive rebounds, and he plays with high energy. And he did that all throughout the year for the Lakers, the extended year, uh, because of that. Excuse me, I was just stuttering there. But keeping a guy like McGee fitting into their offense, being able to catch those lobs and do all those extra things that the Lakers need, that's something that you want to keep. They're going to have to make some decisions for that center position if you're going to bring back Cousins, if you're going to have McGee, if you're going to have Dwight Howard. I wonder how that's going to work out for them. But the guys that I want to see them keep for sure, Rondo, KCP, um, get a guy like Drew Holiday. I would keep JaVale McGee. Um, I would also bring back uh, Kyle Kuzma, you know, continue to develop him. And uh, Deion Waiters, even though he didn't play in the finals, I think having him on the team um, is something that you may look forward to for the next season because you're going to have a longer se- you're going to have a long season uh, again. And having a guy like Deion Waiters who can score, get his own bucket, learn the chemistry and fit into the team. He's going to be something good to have for the playoffs. He can possibly be there for Danny Green's spot. Uh, Not the same three-point specialist, but if he's able to come in and contribute uh, at a high level or at least at a moderate level to help complement guys like LeBron, AD, especially when they're getting their rest, Deion Waiters is the guy to keep. You signed him for a reason. He had his injury, wasn't able to play in the finals, really didn't show great flashes during his time in the bubble with the Lakers as his debut but he's definitely someone that you want to keep he can definitely bring you something and that's real important moving on to Tyron Lue getting his new job with the Clippers as a head coach I do think he was the best man for the job and here's why Tyron Lue as opposed to everyone else had that experience with the Clippers there and he obviously has his championship experience and I'm going to get into that in a second but he's a guy that He's been in that locker room for the last year. He understands all the guys. He knows what the chemistry issues were. He sees that. He can understand that. It's clear to him. He was just there at when they blew that 3-1 lead. So he's been through a bit of this controversy with the Clipper team near them. And he stands up to guys. Like when Cleveland, when they had LeBron, Kyrie, and Love, we all know it was LeBron's team. We all know Kyrie and LeBron carried them to the victory in 2016. Tyron Lue, a great coach. Obviously, no knock on him, even if he had LeBron and Kyrie, but no knock whatsoever. He was able to stand up to those guys. And, like, you know, there's stories about him standing up to LeBron during halftime, Game 7 against the Warriors in the 2016 Finals. And we all know LeBron. 
LeBron is is that leader. LeBron is that guy. And they always say, they always this notion about LeBron is the coach, LeBron is the coach. And we joke about it, but they say that a lot. But Tyron Lue was not afraid to stand up to LeBron. He's not going to be afraid to stand up to Kawhi. He won't be afraid to stand up to Paul George. If even Paul George is on the team next year or anybody else, that may be the man for the job. And the Clips didn't need an outsider. They didn't need a, a dominant coach like that. They have the talent. All they need is to have that new voice. No knock on Doc Rivers. Great coach, obviously, in my opinion. Has his ups and downs throughout his career. But the Clippers didn't need that kind of... They, didn't, they don't really need a coach like that. They don't need a coach that's going to come in and instill all of this new stuff. Blah, da, 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 da. You have Tyron Lue, who's you know, mentored by Doc Rivers throughout his coaching career. He was with the team as an assistant last year. Uh, you know, losing this series against the Nuggets 3-1, like I said, he was there and all that, so he knows what's going on. And he doesn't need to, he doesn't need to, to, to worry about getting this team over the hump. There's going to be pressure. Let's not get it wrong. There's going to be pressure. He has a great team. He's the new coach. They're going to expect him to have his new voice instilling on the team and they can win the championship hopefully because it didn't work last year after all that talking and barking that the Clippers and the Clipper fans did throughout the against the NBA and Tyron Lue like I said worked with LeBron and Kyrie and Cleveland you have talent in 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 LA there you have talent in that Clippers locker room all you need to do is be that tough guy and be that voice be that leader he has the pressure to win with this. It's a win-now team, so he has that pressure. But Tyron Lue was the best man for the job. What I think they could do with their roster, they're going to need a guy who's a leader. You have a guy like Patrick Beverly, good player, um, but they're looking at a guy like Rondo. They're going to uh, attempt to acquire a guy like him. And Man, when it comes to Rondo, that's the kind of player that would be good for you. You know, you have a voice. You have a guy who's not afraid to stand up and talk. And hold you account, uh, excuse me, hold you accountable for things, and Rondo could be that guy, and that's the kind of leader that this Clipper team may need. But at the end of the day, you're gonna need your stars to perform. Rondo was so great for this Laker team, but he needed his stars to perform regardless. Rondo playing as good as he did in the finals was did his role at a extraterrestrial level. He was a role player, he was coming off the bench, but he did it at a he looked like a starter sometimes out there with the way he was able to play. But the way the Lakers lineup works, he's coming in the game to help LeBron get those minutes. And LeBron's not gonna not LeBron's not gonna come off the bench, we know that. But with Rondo, if you have him in, in, in the Clipper team, you're gonna think about is he gonna come in, is he gonna be the starter? Is he coming off the bench? Who is he gonna who's he gonna back up? Who's the real point guard on this team? And the Clippers are looking for something like that. And I think it's really important for the Lakers if they want to keep that away from them. But the Clippers are going to need their stars to perform regardless. Rondo's not going to be your savior. If Paul George is going to play like that, Rondo may may have to come in and do his thing and help you out. But the Clippers are going to need to have their stars perform. They definitely need a big. I don't know who they can trade for. I'm not sure how they can work anything out there, but... You can look at a guy like Joel Embiid. You're going to have to trade some a lot of pieces there. You're going to have to give up uh, you know, a lot of those pieces. Most notably, probably, and most likely, Paul George, if it is to happen. But you're going to need a big. You can go out for a guy like Dwight Howard. You can go out for a guy like 
Joel Embiid. You can look at guys like uh, Miles Turner if you want to go out and get a trade. Get get a big that can sort of help you and play well for you. They didn't have that in the playoffs. They they had Montrez Harrell struggling against Nikola Jokic. They just didn't know what to do. I would look at Myers Leonard. Just get some guys who can play some good defense for you. Aaron Baines. You need a big. The Celtics need a big, too, and we could talk about that another day. But with this Clippers team, they're going to need a big. They're going to probably look to trade Paul George. Uh, Drew Holiday would definitely be a good addition for them. You're going to need some guys who can come in and score. Because Lou Williams, man, Patrick Beverly, Montrez Harrell, they didn't seem to do enough for this Clipper team in the playoffs when it mattered most. And these guys really, they, these guys don't know what it's like to win an NBA championship. They haven't been there. So it's important that the Clippers find someone who has that experience, who can be a role player, who can come in and understand what needs to be done, who needs to be held accountable, and what you need to do in order to get over the hump. You're going to be playing in the loaded Western Conference. The Golden State Warriors, the LA Lakers, the Houston Rockets could get better. The Denver Nuggets, the team that beat you, are going to be there. Who knows if the Suns are going to be better next year. They went 8-0 in the bubble. They may just come out and be a good, a really good team next year. You have the Portland Trailblazers who may look to get better. There's a lot going on this offseason that we need to watch out for. There may be some moves. There may be another super team for them. And there may be the Clippers. Who knows, who knows what's going to happen. But Tyron Lue, the best man for the job. The Clippers, you got to go out there. You got to find some guys who can give you that championship and leader experience and you need a big that's what the main thing for the clippers the lakers y'all gotta keep rondo you gotta keep dwight howard you gotta keep a lot of these guys from going to your contenders and you have to have them paid danny green restructure his contract or trade them out but the lakers 2020 nba champions lebron james moving up on the on, on the goat debate without a doubt playing like the finals MVP that he did. This Lakers championship is special. Ten years after Kobe Bryant's last NBA championship, and the Lakers were able to do this. But thank you for tuning in. I'm real excited to cover all of these things, the NBA finals, the Clippers getting Tyron Lue, what they need to do for their roster, Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat just being such a great team and having a hell of a run in the 2020 NBA final, NBA playoffs, excuse me, and looking at LeBron James as the finals MVP, the four-time finals MVP, four-time champion, inching closer and closer to Michael in that GOAT debate. Michael Jordan is still a GOAT in my opinion, but it's just inching closer and it's crazy to not even consider LeBron in the GOAT debate at this point. Thank you so much for tuning in. CRS out.